The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on a welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Caddy. This is a, a bi-week edition, which means we're not going to be talking too much Dolphins because nothing's happening. Unless we're going to talk about Cabo and the Bahamas. And I don't know if anybody went out your way, Simon, but. I doubt it. It's probably too far to come. Well, although they're they're thinking about you know having a a European division. By the way, they, how would they pull that off? I mean, I don't it, know this has been a, a complete success. That that game in Munich was fun to watch. The fans made it fun to watch. Yeah, I I can't see it happening. I don't think there'll be a European division. I, to be quite frank, I don't think there'll be a team in Europe. Full stop. Um, I, I think it's great that you bring teams over to Europe. I think that's all. Fine and dandy, but what happens is that you get NFL fans from across the the spectrum of the 32 teams coming. I I think if you pitch an NFL franchise here, I'm not going to give up my fandom of the Miami Dolphins. My friends are not going to give up their fandoms of the Broncos and the Patriots, Mm -hmm. the Jets and the 49ers, just to support a a UK-based team. Um, And I think what will pretty soon become apparent is that home games for a team that's playing eight, nine home games will not really be home games because the fan the stadiums will either be empty or they'll be full of fans of all sorts of other teams. And so there'll be a competitive disadvantage. So I just can't see, quite apart from the travel, the all those other things, I, I just can't see it happening. Um, you know, who's going to want to face a... Imagine you play two non-conference games, but you have to fly to Europe one, you know, week one, you go back to the East Coast week two, you're on the West Coast week three and four, and then you're back to Europe week five then you're on a bye week i mean teams are exhausted by the midpoint of the season I, I i just can't see it happening but i think the fan thing is the most important thing i just can't see fans um getting behind that in terms of giving up their own fandom because you know a lot of us over here have been fans for teams for many many years yeah uh, although this international series uh, is a complete success like i think that's that's here to stay i think yeah, oh 100 and there's going to be two games in germany next year one in one in munich one in frankfurt patriots will play in one chiefs will play in the other um, and obviously the games over here in the UK, of which there'll probably be two, maybe three. Obviously the Jaguars will play one. So and every team's done it now. I think the Packers had quite a good experience, despite the fact they lost. Um, I think the experience of being over here, Aaron Rodgers certainly talked about how much it was enjoyable, how how it went uh, well, how people weren't overly tired, all those sorts of things. So um, it's absolutely here to stay. I, I just don't necessarily see that. Um, that having a a full time franchise here is is a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, uh, although it's been speculated, but I don't see how it, it can happen. And yeah, you're right. Uh, everybody keeps making excuses for the for the travel, but it's only for one way. Like if, um, for example, if it's a team on the Eastern Seaboard, sure, like they can make trips out to London. Like that's not a problem. That's like going out west at worst, right? Mm. The issue becomes. If you're a team in Chicago, Green Bay, 
or you're further out west, Minnesota or Seattle. <laughs> okay. And you have to and you force them to go two or three times a year across the across the Atlantic to, to Europe. Yeah, like that could be a serious problem. Yeah, hundred percent agree. All right, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Of course, prize picks. Use promo code 5, F-I-V-E, and you get a $100 match bonus. And, of course, Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons, and you get a $25 sign-up bonus. All right, we're going to go over the, the NFC here. It's We're going to essentially call this our bi-week special. And in the second half of the show, we're going to go over the AFC, and we're going to close the show by previewing Browns, Bills, Patriots, Jets, which I know all you, all our listeners will be hate-watching this Sunday. But we'll start in the NFC South. Man, this division is so bad, Simon, and the Buccaneers are going to, are going to win it by default. Um, is it just going to be – are they just going to be in and then, you know, one and done – because I don't think they're very good. Uh, I think there's not a single team in the NFC that wants to play play the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Really, not a single team. No, I I don't think so. The defense is still the defense. I, I think they've had injuries and they've had some issues on offense, and obviously the whole Brady thing with him not being around for that period of training camp, and it, it kind of it, it's reminiscent of what happened with New England in the early days. You know when they'd almost take. September off in a way that uses an extension of the preseason. And I'm not saying that Buccaneers are, are, are on that level, but I think they're, I, I think the Buccaneers could be good enough to go to the NFC Championship game just because of the personnel that they've got, what they can do with the ball. Um, and who's at quarterback? You know, Brady can still play. Um, uh, the defense can still, you know, Vita Vea and, and, and those guys can still play defense. I think the Buccaneers, there won't be a single team that will want Tampa Bay coming into or having to go to Tampa Bay if, as division champion uh, in the first round of the playoffs or in a divisional round. I, I just, you know, that's not a that's not a happy um, week of planning for anybody. I really like uh, Rashad White, and if they're going to start giving him the ball more, then they could have something in that running game. Because yeah. I don't know if you knew, but uh, coming into the week. They had historically the worst running game in the history of the sport, and that's with Leonard Fournette and Rashad White in the backfield, which is saying a ton, really. But if they switch, if they if they finish, if they change that up, and they're able to run the ball here down the stretch, I I, I would I, I kind of agree. Uh, you know, if you have an efficient passer like Tom Brady, you have those weapons on the outside. They still have talent on defense. They're going to be a problem because this end the NFC is not. Is not as imposing as it's been in in previous years. It's kind of wide open. I don't think we want to talk about anybody else in that division. The Falcons were interesting as when they were running the ball and just pounding people. But I'm sorry, you can't go on the road to a tanking Panthers team, get completely dominated, and get talked about on the Dolphins <laughs> bye week show, right, Simon? Like we're done with the rest of the division. Yeah, moved no, on to the NFC North. Unless you want to talk about somebody else in that in the no, NFC no, South. I mean, the, the Saints are interesting because they've got a lot of talent, but they just, you know, Dennis Allen being one and done again potentially wouldn't surprise me. They need a quarterback. Um, I, I suspect that'll obviously come in the draft, but um, you know, you, you've got Winston and Dalton, which kind of means you haven't got anybody. Um, mm. But that's a decent team, um, but they're just not playing very well. 
Like that's gonna be a hot job next year. I think yeah, so. Absolutely. Anybody looks at that, the only, their only problem is that they're missing picks. But you look at that team and you'll and, and you could like you could really start like uh, putting you know picking out guys and putting them in. Like you make a trade for Derek Carr. How good are the Saints with Derek Carr? Much better. You know, so yeah, absolutely. Like that's gonna be a hot job next year. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I don't think Dennis Allen is for long for that job. Moving yeah. on to the NFC North, man, I like all four teams, and the Dolphins got to see the Lions and the Bears firsthand. And I know I, somebody's listening and saying the Lions, like really? Yeah, yeah, the Lions. Their offense is capable. Uh, they'll show up any single week and beat anybody. Like it's it's like they're that dangerous. They're not going anywhere this year. The Bears are for next year. Justin Fields is a is a hot commodity. Packers showed some life with that win against the against the Cowboys, and they play well. We're recording on a Thursday. They play tonight against the Tennessee Titans. They win that one, and they're firmly in the wild card chase. Vikings are in the Super Bowl conversation. Uh, your thoughts on the division, Simon? Yeah, I mean, Bears kind of feel like they're two years away. They just need to surround Fields with some talent. Uh, Lions are a good team. I'd like to see them get Bryce Young in the draft because I think he just fits everything they do perfectly. But also, you know, defensively, they still need a whole lot of work, um, you know, on all three levels. Uh, the Packers, uh, I can't really work the Packers out. You know, if they can keep Christian Watson healthy, they can keep running the ball. I, I thought the way they came back against the Cowboys was really uh, instructive in terms of, you know, is that a, a kickstarter for the rest of their season? Massive game tonight on the road at Tennessee on a short week. Um, but you know if they can control the clock with Aaron Jones and with with uh, AJ Dillon, who knows? Because defensively they got some pieces. Jair Alexander playing really well, um, uh, and I didn't think the Vikings were very good, and I'm, I'm still not sold. They're very good in terms of you know it's a game they shouldn't have won, and, and really they won because of superhuman efforts by Justin Jefferson, and then the kind of the the ridiculous decision to have Josh Allen under center on the goal line rather than in, in shotgun. You know, people saying, oh, Josh Allen's this. And, the, you know, like I've been having a conversation on the the OnlyFins today about how, you know, people consistently, both on social media and on our OnlyFins, you know, try and tear down other quarterbacks to build their own guy up. And, you know, people saying, oh, Josh Allen threw the game away. And it's like, you know, watch the game. You know, Josh Allen didn't throw the game away. I mean, you know, who 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 is to say that the fumble was, was Allen's fault, whether it was Mitch Morse's fault? Who's to say it was Ken Dorsey's fault for having it on the centre and not in the shotgun, for example? Um you know, so I don't think I'm, I'm still not sold. The Vikings are great. I think the Dolphins, you know, I think two led Dolphins would beat the Vikings at home um, in that game, given how how they played. But the Vikings are going to walk into the playoffs and will probably walk in as a division champion. The thing that kills the Packers is losing to the to, to Washington um, because the Commanders now have a game and a half lead on them for that playoff spot because um, the Commanders would be in the playoffs if the playoffs were today. So. Uh, and the Packers would be a game and a half out. So they've got to, you know, they've got to do some winning full stop, but they've got to do some winning in their, in their conference as well to, to really kind of get back some of the momentum they lost. You know, they should have beaten the commanders. They should have beaten the giants in London. Um, you know, and, and it's a completely different season if, if they, they turn those two around. Yeah. What's interesting is the Vikings have a, a couple of games coming up, um, which will be, I would say big games. They have a Thursday night game against the Patriots. We're counting on them to beat the Patriots November 24th. That's in a week. Okay, on a Thursday night. They're going to be at home. They have every single advantage. Beat the Patriots. One the problem. Packers, go on, sorry. One problem for the Vikings. It's it's the game's at night. Yeah. 
and Kirk Cousins, for whatever reason, <laughs> the sun goes down and he and he goes from a pretty decent quarterback to god awful. So I don't know. Uh, it's still Kirk Cousins, and that's I think that's where the issue lies with the with the Vikings. But I like their team. I, I kind of like their team. I like the makeup of their team. You know, and they keep winning these one score games. They keep coming back on everybody. And eight and one is still eight and one, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the record is the record. I mean, look at the Packers. They've got the Titans, the Eagles, the Bears, the Rams, the Dolphins on Christmas Day, the Vikings and the Lions. You know, not easy on any, you know, that's a tough old run in for them to get into the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's it, it could be this could be a, a one team division, which and that that'll squarely put us on Aaron Rodgers watch once again <laughs> in the offseason, because somebody's going to look at Aaron Rodgers and say, you know what, we're Aaron Rodgers away from winning it all. So, yeah. w- w- you know, we could we could do this all over again. Or, you know what the Packers could do, which is I know it's thinking like way outside of the box. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Go get him some weapons like. I don't think that that's completely crazy to do, you know. It seems to be working for every single quarterback that you do that for. It worked for Jalen Hurts. It worked for Tua Tagovailoa. How about you do it for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, like I, I really don't understand who the hell is actually making the decisions over there. It's still like uh, it's uh, Murphy, right? Uh, that's who's no, running the team. No, Brian Gutenkunst is the general manager. Okay, so 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 um, that McMurphy guy that he's like what the team president right now? Yeah, he's the team president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he makes all the decisions on personnel. And yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how he's evading uh, some of the shit that's being thrown around. You know, you you had the opportunity to move up and take CD Lamb. You had the opportunity to move up and take Justin Jefferson, who went one pick before you and you take Jordan Love. Um, and then they screw that situation because Rogers then wins back to back MVPs and you're forced to give him a new contract. But in the meantime, they uh, summarily ignore with two first round picks the uh, the offensive Skill position, certainly a wide receiver, uh, and then draft two defensive players having traded away the best wide receiver in the NFL. I mean, that to me is just one of the dumbest runs I've ever seen from a general manager. And yeah, I like no, and, and it's and it. it's also a terrible look when they keep leaking to the media. No, we tried to go get Darren Waller. We tried to go get Clay, Chase Claypool. Like, yeah, okay, okay. You tried. Uh, you didn't. You didn't achieve it. NFC West. Man, the Cardinals and the Rams are massive disappointments. The Rams, their season's over. Like, you know, the Rams wrap it up. It, it's over, uh, you know, come back next year. Uh, Cooper Cup looks like he's out for the entire year. Uh, Matthew Stafford's been terrible. That's the worst Super Bowl hangover in the history of Super Bowl hangovers. So they're done. I don't know if you like the Cardinals at all, but this is a two-team division, and the Seahawks may eventually just come down to earth. But the 49ers, like, that's an all-star team. And I think that's the best team in the NFC. Uh, what do you think uh, about the NFC West? Yeah, like you say, Rams are done. Cardinals, I don't like Kyler Murray. And Cliff Kingsbury's a high school coach, and he should be fired along with Steve Kime uh, at the end of the season. Uh, the 49ers are a really good team, but the record is the record. You know, they're 5-4. and four, And, you know, you can get at Jimmy. You can get at McGlinchey. Defense is really good, but I think you get at the secondary as well. Um, you know, you want to match up Hafanga in coverage because, you know, he's done a he's done a generally very, very good job, especially running the running the alleys and in the box and he's had some picks and stuff, but I, I, you don't want him matched up one-on-one. And I think, you know, if you, if you can um, utilize that, then you're winning. Uh, I think the linebacker core is excellent. Nick Bose is great. Um, if they could ever keep, um, if they could keep Jevon Kinlaw healthy, then, you know, he's a really good player offensively. You know, Trent Williams is, you know, 
probably the best left tackle in, in the league. Uh, they can run the ball successfully. They've got talent at receiver. They've obviously got Kittle at tight end. So they're good special teams, well coached. So, yeah, I like the 49ers. I think the Seahawks have done a really good job, and I'm not sold that I'm going to see them coming back to earth. I think, you know, schematically really good. They're getting great input from that rookie class pretty much all the way through, whether that's Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, whether that's Tariq Woolen, whether that's Kobe Bryant, all across the board. I think it's working for them. I'm not sold they win the division necessarily, but... um you know, I think that'll be a very competitive down down to the wire. They can run the ball really well with Walker. Um, and Gino's been unbelievably good. So, you know, one sort of bad game in, in, in not particularly good weather conditions in terms of turf and that sort of thing in, in Munich at the weekend. And I know everybody had to play on it, but, you know, in terms of how they run their offense, Kenneth Walker wasn't able to put his foot in the ground. That kind of one-cut running back that, that game really didn't work to, to the strength of Kenneth Walker because of the turf. So I think it'll be interesting down to, down to the wire in the in the West between those two teams. Uh, the Cardinals to me aren't a team; they're they're not very good. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, the Seahawks have a they have a MVP candidate in Geno Smith. They oh, run the ball really really well. Uh, rookie of the year candidate. Uh, their defense. They have a defensive rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, uh, this is a good team. This is a good football team. Everybody was completely wrong. I don't know anybody. Who had the Seahawks as a as a playoff contender? I had I know many that thought the Seahawks were the worst roster in football. All of them were wrong, including me. I didn't think this team was going to be very good. They're actually good, like they're playoff good. All right, moving on to talking about not good. Before the season, if you ask ten football fans what's the worst division in football, I think at least nine would have said the NFC East. It's the best division in football. Well, besides yeah. the AFC East, maybe, but. The commanders, like we're going to call the if the commanders are in the are the worst team in this division, and by record they are, they're five and five. They're actually pretty good. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, and that running game, that defense is good. That defensive line is really good, and it's going to get better with Chase Young. Uh, this is anybody's division. This is a good division. The only the only surprise is actually the team that's seven and two, the Giants. Like I look at that roster and I just don't get it. How the hell are they seven and two? But the uh, rest, good, good, good coaching. Teams. I mean, they're running the ball really well. The Giants, you know, the, Andrew Thomas is probably playing as as well as any left tackle in the league. Um, Daniel Jones is playing well. You know, he's limiting mistakes. He's playing much better under Brian Dayball, who's done a great job coaching. Obviously, Saquon's playing brilliantly. And defensively, Dexter Lawrence is at nose tackles, you know, all-pro candidate in terms of how he's performing. Uh, so you know, I think they're doing a they're doing a bang up job. Same with the Eagles. You know, there's a lot of talent on that team. I know they lost. I actually think it's, I actually think it's good for them that they lost. Uh, I don't think they'll lose another game from here on out. Uh, but you kind of get that off your back, the, the defeat in terms of okay, we're not going to go and beat, and that's fine. Now let's just concentrate on winning the division, home field advantage, that sort of thing. Cowboys should beat should have beaten the Packers at the weekend. They've got as much talent as anybody. I do worry a bit about that offense. I worry a bit about Dak. Defensively, they're absolutely bang up. And the commanders, you know, you didn't mention him, but Taylor Heineke, you know, just makes plays. You know, I I, I would not be giving the job back to Carson Wentz at all. I think Heineke should keep the job. And actually, I would probably get rid of of Wentz. I know they paid the, the, the picks for him, but I think you move on with Heineke. You see what you got with Sam Howe and you draft a kid. I don't think you need Carson Wentz on your roster. I like Ron Rivera. He's a good coach. Um and they're playing some good ball. They've got good receivers. McLaurin's a really good player, like a you know pretty much elite receiver. So yeah, it's a good division. Some good football being played there. Yeah, I, I like teams that that can mechanically go about a, a game plan and execute it, you know, smartly. And that's what the Commanders did against the Eagles. 
I do disagree with you on the Eagles running the table. I think they have that game against the Cowboys later on in the year. Cowboys have their number. Even even though they lost to them earlier this year, they lost to them with Cooper Rush, and they made a, a big rush back, no pun intended, still and got, almost won the game if game. Cooper Rush doesn't throw that interception at the, at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, but the Eagles are still – yeah, the they're the class. They're the class. Advantage. And you look at who they've got to play. I mean, Indy. Yeah, their schedule is like weak. Yeah, Saints. I mean, you know, it's not weak, but they've got Indy, the Packers, the Titans, the Giants twice, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Bears. I mean, you know, they should yeah. at least harder. I mean, they should be the Colts. They should be the Packers. They should be split the series with the Giants at worst. They should be the Bears. They should be the Saints. So that's another five wins. What's that taking them to? 13. Yeah. And, and the one seed. And that's the Cowboys one seed. Getting, yeah. Cowboys aren't getting to 13 wins. So. And they have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. Remember that. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah. So if, if it comes down to it, they got the one seed. Uh, yeah. The Cowboys, uh, to, to finish this off, the Cowboys, I, I don't think in a million years they would have thought that they'd be in this position where they have absolutely everything. They could run the ball, they have good pass receivers, they have a good defense. They have one. They have a defensive player of the year candidate, Michael Parsons. But their problem is their quarterback. He's not playing well. He's just not playing well. And we talk to Cowboy fans. You talk to the Cowboy media. They're pointing the finger right at Dak Prescott and and telling him you got to play better if we're going to do anything this season. And he's not. But they're a complete team. Once Dak turns it around, man, it's going to be tough. It, that that's that's a team that could easily make the Super Bowl, in my opinion. And I think they could beat the Eagles. They have good history there. But Dak has to play better. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about the AFC. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point, and it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, and we're back. And now we're going to talk about the AFC. And we're going to start with the AFC South, uh, the most impoverished division in, in the NFL, Simon it's the Titans and everybody else. Although, you know, I don't know if we're going to sing the praises of Jeff Saturday here on the show. Uh, I didn't expect that, but it is the Raiders that they beat. And they brought Derek Carr to tears, okay? But this division is completely awful. 
the Titans are are getting a pass. Are they a viable Super Bowl contender, the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I think they are. I, I think Mike Vrabel is arguably the best current coach in the NFL. You look what he's done over the years. You look at how he readapts the scheme. You look at his coaching technique and his style. Look how the players work for him. Um, you know, they've obviously got to keep key players healthy. Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Ben Jones, the tackles, Kevin Byard defensively, just uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, uh, David Long, the linebacker. The, you know, there's, there's key players that have got to stay healthy, but they can get after the quarterback. They can play coverage. They can run the ball. And when Tannehill's healthy, they can throw the ball as well. They don't have a great, you know, if you can shut Derek Henry down, then that's the issue for me in terms of their receivers because I don't believe their receiving core is amazing. Um, but I think they're more than good enough to... Again, Tennessee Titans are not a team you want to go visit in the playoffs. You know, when it's cold in Nashville, you, you, that's not a game you you particularly want. As for the rest, look, I think the Colts, the, the Jeff Saturday thing, good for Jeff Saturday. I think it was an emotional kind of thing in terms of that emotional lift. But I think when push comes to shove, you look at the rest of their season they've got the you know they might win one more game the rest of the season you got the eagles the steelers the cowboys the vikings the Chargers, the giants they finish with the texans they could they could conceivably lose the next one two three four five next six games so you know i think jeff saturday will very much become jeff tuesday at that point if <laughs> um you know if if they do lose uh, the rest of the division kind of you know the jaguars i thought they'd be better with doug peterson but you know there's some fundamental fairly fundamental issues going on there I just don't know how you fix the Texans. You know, do they give Lovey Smith time? Do they get rid of him? Do they, you know, what do they do with the first pick, which they're likely to get yet again? You know, what do they do with that? Do they do they bring in a Will Anderson? Do they what do they think of Davis Mills? Do they, you know, is it is it Young? Is it Levis? Is it Richardson? Who you know? How do they feel about the quarterback position moving forwards? Because actually, the you know, you look at some of the games that they played. I thought they played the Eagles tough the other night. They played the Titans tough, only lost by a touchdown. They only lost by a touchdown to the Giants. You know, they're not that far and they lost by a touchdown to the Broncos. They lost by three to the to the Bears. You know, they're I don't know. They're not a you know, they're not a terrible team. It's not like they're being blown out week in, week out, but they're they also don't seem overly close um to turning it around. And you hope that, you know, Lovey gets the time. But I just think rotating coaches year after year just does nothing for anybody. You've just got to pick a guy and stick with him for three or four years and see where you get to. Yeah. And I think the I think it's Bryce Young though. I think if we're gonna if we're gonna handicap because that's who's gonna get the number one pick overall, it's gonna be the Texans. They're the worst team in football. They got one win and I don't see where they get the other one. I, I think Bryce Young is being helped a lot by Tua Tungavaloa and Jalen Hurts. Um Alabama quarterbacks are now in vogue. Uh, you know, Mac Jones is having a bad season, I but I don't agree with that. Mac, Bryce Bryce Young's being helped by Bryce Young. You know, he's a phenomenal talent. What's going to knock Bryce Young is the fact that he's five foot eleven, one hundred and eighty-seven pounds. That's going to be the massive issue. And and when he gets on the scale, you know, it may it may be that he's not even five eleven. You know, so that's the concern. And I, you know, I think there will be legitimate conversations around whether or not somebody looks at Will Levis and thinks, you know. This is a guy with Josh Allen slash Justin Herbert skill set in terms of his ability to run, his ability to throw, his size, the 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 way that he can just throw through a brick wall. There'll be other teams that look at Anthony Richardson and think, look, here's a Cam Newton, but with, you know, a better arm, with, you know, potentially more athletic ability, maybe not, you know, it's very similar in terms of athletic ability. Um, you know, or whether or not you you risk a five eleven. 180, 190 pound quarterback who is fantastic. Who I love Bryce Young, but you know, those are not 
illegitimate questions to be asking about whether or not a guy at that size can stand up to the pounding of the uh, uh, of the uh, the NFL. And I think, look, these things they're not even cyclical anymore because of the way the the evolution of college football. You know, I think years gone by, you would look back at Alabama quarterbacks and go, yeah, that's you know, there's a reason why they haven't made the NFL, but. You look at the coaching, whether that's Steve Sarkeesian, whether that's Brian Dable, whether that's now it's Bill O'Brien. You know, these are NFL coaches coaching NFL schemes. It's the same. It's part of the reason why people are so high on Levis because of Liam Cohen and because of Rich Gangarello, who's now the, the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. These guys are coaching, you know, NFL schemes in college. But also you get to the NFL and you look at the, so much of the rinky-dink college football you know, offenses are now a, a feature staple of the NFL. So uh, I think there's less of an issue about where a quarterback goes to school than there has ever been because of those reasons. Yeah. Uh, to put a bow on this division before we move on, uh, can you see a scenario where Steve Sarkeesian is fired at Texas and he, and then he takes the Texans job? Um, I, I mean, he could be, but I, I don't think it's kind that, of a sexy marriage. You got to admit, you know, you go get yourself I, a, a shiny new quarterback and hand him Steve Sarkeesian. I don't think that there's a scenario in which Texas, knowing that they have uh, Arch Manning coming in, would suddenly fire the head coach who was absolutely a critical in bringing Arch Manning into the fold. You know, you've got mm. a, you've got a legit first round 2024 quarterback in Quinn Ewers if you can get him to develop, and then you've got the you know the number one rated quarterback in the nation, son or uh, cousin of uh, or nephew of uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning coming into the facility and all the players that, that that has, that Arch has helped generate in terms of Texas's signing. I just don't think you can do that because you'll end up in a situation that you had with, with Lincoln Riley going, leaving to go to USC and then Caleb Williams leaving and all those other, you, you know, for Texas, they do not want to be in a situation where Quinn Ewers is like, fuck this, I'm jumping straight into the pool. And Arch Manning's like, well, you know, Sark was the guy that brought me in. I don't know anything about this guy. Fuck it, I'm going to go to LSU or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think they can risk it. And also, why would Steve Steve Sarkeesian do that? Your stock is only going to go up over the next couple of years because of the quarterback. You're never going to get to, you know, you're going to get to coach transformational potentially quarterbacks over the next couple of three, four years. Why would you why would you risk that and go and coach fucking Davis Mills or CJ Stroud or whoever and, and get a pound in the NFL when you can potentially? No, the the answer is always ego. That's uh, sure, that's why. I I think post his alcohol issues, I'm not sure that ego is a massive thing for Sark. It's just not his. I just don't think that's his thing. I I think I'd rather coach Arch Manning than than be the Houston Texans coach. Yeah, AFC North. Ravens, Bengals, it's it's between those two teams. The Browns have a must-win situation in Buffalo in six feet of snow, and we'll talk about it at the end of the show. So the Steelers are done. Ravens, Bengals, I think we could put a bow on it like this. Who wins that division? Uh, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, I think that, you know, just look at the Bengals schedule here. You know, they've got tough games. They've got the Titans, they've got the Chiefs, they've got the Buccaneers, they've got the Bills, they've got the Patriots. They finished the season against the Ravens. I mean, that is a that is a hell of a schedule for for um for the Bengals. You look at the Ravens, you know, next two games are Panthers, Jaguars, next four games, next six games, next seven games are Panthers, <laughs> Jaguars, Broncos, 
Steelers twice, Browns, Falcons. I mean, I know who I'm going to win the division, and it's not <laughs> Bengals. I mean, they, yes. I mean, they can conceivably win all of those. Whereas, like I said, the Bengals have got to play the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Ravens, and the Browns, who have already absolutely slammed them this season. The Ravens will win that division. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was playing around with the NBA with the NFL playoff machine, and I was like, "How the hell are the Ravens keep winning?" And now we know why that that schedule. All right, we can move on. AFC West before the season, okay. That, you know, everybody got everything wrong. All right, uh, everybody thought the AFC West was going to be a bloodbath, uh, the most difficult division in in football, and that the NFC East would be a joke. It's actually the opposite. The NFC East is the toughest division in in football. Unless maybe the AFC East, you could throw it in there. But the AFC West is an absolute disaster zone, okay? The Raiders, they're just awful. The Broncos are averaging 14 points a game, Simon. 14 Mm. points a game with all that talent and with a coach that has a reputation as an offensive guy. I think they're done too. The Chargers have a gauntlet. You You want to start reading a schedule? Go read the Chargers schedule. Okay, they're going to have problems. The Chiefs, another cakewalk. They're winning another division title. Uh, Your thoughts on this division? It's just too deep, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the Chiefs obviously win. I think there'll be an indictment at the end of the season on the Chiefs in terms of skill position players and can they keep them healthy? And then what happens when you get into the playoffs, you know, and whether Pat is carrying a couple of less talented skill position players I, I think that um, I think we're heading for a Kansas City Miami showdown in the playoffs because I just think that's the way that the world works, and, and we'll have the sort of Tyreek Hill returning to the Chiefs kind of game. I, I think that'll be a thing. Um, but the Chiefs are good; they play defense. You know, good special teams. Dave Taub is a great special teams coordinator. Andy Reid's a great coach. So, you know, they've still got Pat Mahomes. So uh, the Chargers just bad coaching. I, I think they're just a badly coached team. I, I don't like Brandon Staley, and I think they're, you know. They've got a lot of injuries, which you know. You look at the you look at the injuries on defense, losing JC Jackson, and you look at the injuries of like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You know, Herbert is legitimately working with kind of Walmart workers at the moment, so that's a struggle. The Broncos Hackett will get fired. I mean, you just can't. That they've got to bring in a Broncos coach or a former Broncos coach, somebody that's worked with him, somebody that knows him. Because what's what, Gary Kubiak doing these days? Oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> The issue is that, oh, sorry, they've got to bring in a Seahawks coach, not a Broncos coach. They've got to bring somebody that's worked with Russell in Seattle. Um, Because the issue is that they obviously, you know, they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. That was the whole point. That's why they brought in Nathaniel Hackett. And then they get end up with Russell Wilson because Rodgers stays in, in Green Bay. And what Hackett hasn't done is incorporate a lot of what worked so successfully for Russ in Seattle into Denver. And, you know, if, I, if that was me, I'd be going to finding his 50 best plays that he ran in, in Seattle and bringing them in here. Uh, and that just hasn't worked. Obviously, they've had some injuries with the with Javonta Williams and things, but they're just not playing very well. I mean, they've got some, you know, they lose Bradley Chubb, Pat Satan's playing like the best corner in football. But um, yeah, I mean, Hackett has got to go. And the, the interesting thing for me will be, look, what happens with um, with Dave Ziegler and uh, and Josh McDaniels in 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 LA and Mark Davis said the other day that, and also said when he signed them that this was a long-term project, but he kind of for a single second envisaged that they would be, you know, two and seven at this point, having traded for Devonte Adams with Derek Carr, with, you know, the big money to Max Crosby, who albeit he's playing well, but there's some monumental issues on that, 
on that Raiders team. And yeah, yeah and by the way, I, I you know I'm not I'm not one to start you know calling fake news on people, but that story going around saying that the Raiders are cash poor and that's why they can't fire Josh McDaniel. That's that's a complete lie. At the end of the season, the cap first of all the cap's going to go up exponentially because they're negotiating two deals. Okay, they're negotiating the Directv deal. And they're going to renegotiate the Thursday night deal. Okay. Oh, and the, and the Sunday night deal. So you're talking about the NFL is going to be flush with cash in a year's time. And the cap's going to go way up in two years' time. The Raiders will have the money if they want to fire Josh McDaniels to pay him off. So, you know, uh, I, I don't think they're going to do it. No, but I don't think they you know, like, you know, they, they decided, you know, we're going to try to make this work. You know, we're, we're going to try to, you know, we're going to be patient about this. You know, it, they're not very good. They And they look worse every single week. And they find new ways to, to you know, to, to lose games in even more heartbreaking fashion every single week. All right. We've got the Seahawks, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Rams, the 49ers and the Chiefs to play. So it's not like it's an easy out. No. All right, two big games. We're not going to talk about the AFC East because we talk about it every single time on the podcast. We're going to talk about two games. All right, and we'll pick them. Jets at Patriots. Patriots have won 13 in a row against the Jets. This game's kind of important for the Dolphins because whoever loses is kind of out, if you think about it. As far as the division, absolutely. As far as the playoffs, maybe, because it puts them behind the eight ball. Like you can't lose tiebreakers to three teams in front of you, and then expect to make the playoffs. Who do you like in this game? Uh, I, I like the Patriots. I think the Patriots will win this game pretty comfortably. I think the defense will be way too good for for the Jets. I, I think that you know there was a one week moratorium on 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 Zach Wilson. I almost called him Carl Wilson on Zach Wilson <laughs> having you know in a year you're going to be able to call him anything because I think Derek Carr will be the the quarterback in New York. Next not year. throwing. You know, eight picks last week or the week before last when they last played. Uh, it was kind of like, oh, okay, Zach's, Zach's okay. But, you know, he, he he's not okay. He's one of the worst starting quarterbacks I've ever seen in the NFL. Um, and, and that's not and that's not hyperbole either. Um, I, I think that um, I think the Patriots will win. Uh, I think that they're, they're, Matthew Judon is playing at defensive MVP level. Yes. Uh, I think on defense, I think the, the young corners are excellent. Jack Jones has been outstanding. Jonathan Jones has been has been great. Um, yeah, they found I, another one. Yeah, and and yeah. we criticized them. No, they were right. They were right. They were right. We were wrong. Like they yeah. knew what they were doing in that secondary. Yeah, Jack Jones has been very, very, very good. Um, yeah, he's playing at a Pro Bowl level actually for a corner. Um, offensive line is playing really well, especially Michael Equanu. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is great. I just run it down their throats. You know, there's no need to put it up and challenge Gardner and and challenge that secondary. I'd just be running the ball that that double headed uh, running attack. You know, grind out long drives. It's going to be cold in New England, and I think um, I think the Patriots will win that game. All right, and I completely agree with you. I think that's it's not going to be fun. It's going to be boring, but maybe twenty to six, something like that. It it'll be ugly. Uh, Patriots defense is spectacular. It's really good. They were right, and most of us were wrong when they were jettisoning every single cornerback and defensive back on that team. And we're like, you know, you know, how are they going to be good? Well, they're going to be good because they, they scouted some good young players. All right. Very quickly. Browns bills in six feet of snow. Yeah. Simon. I, I think obviously it can't get moved because of the Thanksgiving, the shortened Thanksgiving week. Uh, it can't get moved days. It could get moved locations. Uh, Detroit aren't playing at home this week, so it could get moved to Detroit, for example. 
I look, I just think they'll play it in the snow anyway. I mean, just, I mean, who watched Western Michigan, Central Michigan last night? It was absolutely fantastic in the snow. So let's get it on in the snow. Let's have a few snow angels. And I, I think Buffalo again will, will, well, if it's really snowy, I think the Browns could control the, the ball by it's running. It's a Northeaster, Simon. It's not, you know, it's not a winter wonderland. It's like, you know, it's hell on earth. It's what's going there on Sunday. It's who runs the ball better. And actually on paper, that would be Cleveland. But I just, you know, it's you'd be hard pressed to see that the, the, the Bills would lose to the to the Browns at home, having lost to the Vikings. But stranger things have happened. But I'd go with the Bills. Okay. Uh, I'll spice it up and say Browns. It's reminiscent of that game last year against New England. Uh, awful weather. What the Bills do best is throw it. They're not going to be able to throw it. Too much wind, snow. It's going to be awful. Browns run it 50 times and win it. Let's call it 17-16. How's that? Nice. All right, that's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, we'll be talking Dolphins as they look forward to the Texans. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.